the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. You've tuned into Black and Right. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. And leading that revolution are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. Well, 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 well. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, alongside my guest co-host and fellow CVS Cavalier, Pastor Cesar LaFleur. On this, on this show this week, we'll be talking about impeachment, hypocrisy, and the order and placement of men later on in the, sh- in the second half of the show. Yeah, you ready for that? I'm ready. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know. I really don't know if I'm ready for that or not. Uh, we'll also be talking with Congressman Mike Boss, who is, is, is a really good friend of mine, my former seatmate in the Illinois General Assembly. Uh, Ed Morrissey, from, uh, who's a senior editor at townhall.com and hotair.com, will be here to join us to talk about hypocrisy. Now, I know, as you know, whenever times come for any election, there's going to be hypocrisy, especially in both parties, when, it, when it's a very, who's ever out of power. So looking forward to that. Um, hey, while you're just tuning in, if you uh, are in front of a computer, head over to Facebook, give the black and white page a like, and go ahead and watch us live. Caesar, I'm so happy to have you here today. Hey, man, it's good to be here. Thanks for being here. Why don't you talk to the people? Tell the people who you are, brother. Well, my name is Caesar LaFleur. Southside, raised on the south side of Chicago, as you mentioned, a Cavalier, CVS Cavalier, the mighty class, the legendary class Uh of 1975. You and Andre Morgan. That's right. The class of Bernie Mac and all the other great people. Mm -hmm. Raised on the south side, a former associate pastor at New Community Church, formerly known as Lormer, for 14 years. But currently, I'm the founder and director of an organization called the Beloved Community Development Coalition. Uh-huh. Our current goals uh, for 2020 are to open up a crisis pregnancy center, okay. a women's crisis help center on the south side of Chicago in the black Ooh, community. There it is. You know, a black facility owned by blacks being uh, incarnationally present to help black women in that area. And then to also open up a uh, homeschool church school co-op so that we can give parents an alternative to the toxic environments of the public schools. Look at you. And I'm sure you've talked about that many <laughs> times. But, yes, we have. So those are some of the things that we're working on right now. Well, you, you heard that. That's Pastor Cesar LaFleur, um, somebody that's been in this fight, especially yes. on the conservative <clears throat> fight. Uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't so much, probably in the beginning, you would probably call yourself a Republican in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've been on this fight, center-right, for so long. Yes. Um, and I'm not trying to date you or age you, you know. <laughs> well, <that's okay. laughs> but, but I know, I, I remember when my uncle, my uncle, Hyman Crawford from Pro-Life, right. Pro-Family, mm-hmm. first introduced us. Eric Wallace says it wasn't 15, 20 years ago. I I said, um, uh, this year, July, I'll be married 20, 20 years. I met you met you specifically before mm. me and my wife were married okay. mm-hmm. in July of 2020. So I know it's been, with you, at least 20 years. Yes. Eric, is, you know, he's... He doesn't want to feel like he's old, so, you know. Well, he's like six months younger than me, and I'm 63 on the 17th. So, Eric, I just busted you Uh-oh, out. Oh, there it is. So, so what, what, when did you know? Anytime I, bring, I have somebody that's, that comes onto the show 
who's, you know, looks a little like me. I'm a little blackish because I saw your post. Mm-hmm. You know, you sounded like Charles Love. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I must be black and, and he must be right. Or no, I'm black and, you, and you're right. right. Well, Charles calls me blackish. Blackish, right. And I said you have an aura of the uh, black. Oh, <laughs> you never answered his question. He oh. said aura. You never answered Charles. No, Charles I was going to let it hang out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, when did you know? When did mm-hmm. you come out of the closet <clears throat> that, oh, my God, I'm a conservative. I'm somebody that's going to. Um, fight for what's right. Okay. When did you know this? Well, first, let me tell you that when I first realized uh, that I was a conservative, uh, you know, I thought for a while that I was the only black one on the planet because being on the south side of Chicago, that wasn't a place for newly awakened conservative. But it all started to change for me back in the late 80s when I had a spiritual awakening over the issue of abortion. After God had opened my eyes about the evils of abortion mm-hmm. through a word that I got from Pastor R.D. Hinton of Monument <sighs> of Faith Church. The yeah, powerful great, man of God. Late. That's right. He preached a sermon called Twin Signs of the Times. Mm. And to illustrate the violence of today, he used abortion as the issue. Mm. And so hearing that, I had an awakening. Yeah. And then I got under the tutorage of a man by the name of Pastor Hiram Crawford Sr. You know anything about that's, him? That might be my, my wife's grandfather. Absolutely. So I was <laughs> under his tutorage. And uh, as I uh, studied with him and worked with him, as he was really a staunch advocate of life and yes, family, he was. Yes, he was. I started realizing that my politics, the things that I supported politically, wasn't matching up with my biblical worldview, mm-hmm. which was maturing at that time. So I realized that it was going to require a change in my politics mm. to match what my worldview was. Because wow. I think the disconnect is there for a lot of people is that we say we believe one thing, but we support something totally different on the other side. Right. So then I started going to like Washington, D.C. The Christian Coalition used to have this summit every year called the Road to Victory. Uh-huh. And it was there that I met people like Star Parker. Oh, and J.C. Watt. Absolutely. And, yeah. and uh, Alan Keyes, who became yeah. a friend to me. Yeah. Uh, met Ben Carson, who became a friend to me as well. I started. We got to uh, get Ben on the show. Oh, we absolutely. Help, we got to help with that. Absolutely. And then, you know, I started reading Thomas Sowell, Walter mm-hmm. Williams, listening to the other thought leaders like Rush Limbaugh and yeah. others. And so I kind of realized that I had a worldview that was based on my biblical worldview. I had a political worldview that needed to line up. And I came to realize that these principles of the conservative movement were very important to our community. Yeah, but, you know, you know, you, you, I, I'm listening to you say all that. But in today's climate, mm-hmm. that's looked that's look down upon, that's frowned upon. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Stop with me. Mm-hmm. Imagine if. Pastor Hyman Crawford Sr. was still alive. Today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Could you imagine? I, I, I really don't think he, his heart would have been able to take mm-hmm. what he sees before us today. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I personally believe God took him before it was it was he was able to see just how far down the road we've fallen, how far things had gone Correct. to the left. But here, let me tell you something about Pastor Crawford. I called him a modern day prophet mm-hmm. because the man was very, very strong. He experienced some of that even before God took him away from here because he spoke up against the gay rights movement and other things. And uh, I remember a group of homosexuals confronted him and cornered him and, and and threatened him say, Hey, we'll come to your church. And he says, come on, we cast out devils over there. So he was like, that's right. He was a man of strong uh, resolve because he knew that he was standing on the right principles, but you are absolutely right. We have gone so far away from what the truth is, is that we're at that time. What is truth today? Right. And, and men know, won't endure it. The right. Bible says the time will come when men won't endure sound doctrine right. or they won't endure. Everything is acceptable nowadays except the truth. Yeah. And so this is the day and age that we're living in. And this is why we really need to be faithful to these principles that we believe as conservatives. Oh, my God. I, you guys hear him. That's that's Pastor Caesar Lafleur. Lafleur. <laughs> Lafleur. Um, you know, I, I look I, I, as I was prepping for the show today, 
I said to myself, I'm going to have somebody who's, who has a man of the clock. You know, so I have to behave. I have to be on my best behavior, first of all. Um, so I, I, that's why I wanted to know what brought you forth to the point where you said to yourself, I can no longer stand. Because I had some, somewhat of the similar experience. Mm-hmm. You know, um, were you also told, uh, as, did you, were you ever a part of the Democrat Party here in Illinois? Well, not officially a part of the party, but I voted Democrat. Right. You know, as so you never fa- went out and, and, and knocked doors and hung out? No, and, never participated on that level. Yeah, when you get, when you, when you get up into that level, because, I mean, I come up through the Daily Machine, mm-hmm. 21st War, 53rd Precinct. Uh, when when uh, Jesse Evans, now Sherman, and all those guys yes. were now were, were aldermen over there, mm-hmm. and it was it was a it was a, a touchy 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 situation, and and that's why one well, one of our guests that we're going to have in in hour two, I'm really excited to talk with this guest because uh, I, I think it's I think it's when you look at what this guest, and I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not going to surprise give away the surprise about who this guest is, but um, this guest and I and you we we should be. And I don't like to call it the plantation no more. I know mm. Star Parker had that, yeah. that great book, Uncle Sam, uh, Uncle Sam Plantation. Yeah. But I, but I, I think when you when you when you use those incendiary words now today, mm-hmm. uh, because the, just just the way people reason today, reason today, mm-hmm. I think you have to you kind of have to figure out what's their language. Yeah. You, you ever read the right. book Five Love Languages? Yeah, yeah. So you got to figure out what yeah. that language right. is. And I think mm-hmm. the, one of the biggest things the Republican Party does or doesn't do is understand. The language of mm-hmm. the people that we're trying to reach, absolutely. And so we push people off. I mean, I look at our Facebook page, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I just saw what's his, with your buddy. I'm not gonna say. I'll just say his, his last name, Warren. I saw the conversation that you guys had back and forth. I'm yeah. Like, don't give his full uh, name. Don't yeah. say Steve Warren. <laughs> don't say that, Steve. I didn't call you out. I like, that was that was Caesar that called. And you he's out, listening because I told him to listen. <laughs> but but I saw the conversation that you guys you, you had, mm-hmm. and it was like, wow. Wh- where did that reason and where did that understanding from? him come from mm-hmm. and it came from i'm sure i'm sorry steve but I, I i doubt if he really actually done the homework to actually found out because if you do mm-hmm. i think you'd be like what, what's the famous um um atheist who, be, who became a christian that they made a movie about him erwin lutzer lutzer is it erwin erwin lutzer lutzer yeah remember mm-hmm. he was a famous mm-hmm. atheist but because if you go searching for truth truth will find you yeah mm-hmm. and Absolutely. i think that's what's happening in this world today nobody really wants to tackle and and fight and struggle with truth because mm-hmm. it's hard that's right it, it's reflective mm-hmm. it shows you where your where your frailties are where you where your faults are and that's one of the reasons why i believe today no one really wants to tackle the truth absolutely you know yeah there's a, a uh, the, the truth project yeah. dr dale tockett focused on the family and one of the things he points about is the importance of the truth he even asked the question why did jesus come and why was he sent and he says to testify to the truth because that's what's necessary amen you know, I, I mean, I mean, the first segment. I mean, see how quickly that flew by. Absolutely. I mean, we got what twenty eight seconds left, mm-hmm. and we're almost done. That's right. We need to talk about why we fight. Yes, <laughs> we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> right. Coming up next, we'll be talking with Congressman Mike Boss, my former seatmate. I uh, can't wait for this conversation. We're going to be talking to him about Iran impeachment and his role in the Trump campaign of Illinois. You're listening to Black and Right on AM five sixty, The Answer. Keep it locked. in one person's hands, not the American way. These damn bills that come out here all the damn time come out here in the last second. I got to try to figure out how to vote for my people. Now I'm ashamed of you. You 
should be ashamed of yourselves. I'm sick of it. Every year, we give power to one person. It was not made that way in the Constitution. He was around when it was written. Now we give it, we passed rules that stop each one of us. Enough! I feel like somebody trying to be released from Egypt. Let my people go! You've dialed up black and right with John Anthony and my guest co-host, Pastor Le- Caesar LaFleur on AM560 Answer. That voice, that last voice, that, that, that proclamation was from somebody who I believe is, is, is one of the greatest people to ever serve in the state of Illinois. Representative Mike Boss is proud to represent the 12 counties of Illinois, 12th district. Uh, he's a former Marine. He sits on uh, three committees, key committees, the Agriculture, Veterans Affairs, and Transportation and Infrastructure. Uh, he's a great father. He's a great grandfather. He down, lives down in uh, Murfreesboro. Uh, welcome to the show, my friend, my buddy, Congressman Mike Boss. Hi, John. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> How'd you like that introduction, sir? That, that was all right. That was all right. <laughs> you know, I... I yeah. <laughs> well, I, I kind of felt like you know you were the you were the shaft of of the Illinois General Assembly, and you you needed your own theme um, song and your theme introduction. So there it is, there it is, right there. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if I was the shaft. Sometimes I felt like being there. The <laughs> Illinois people were getting the shaft. Yeah. Well, was, well <laughs> and, and and that's and, and you know what, sir. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you. You know, um, I, t- I told you when I called you some of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, yeah. I, I think I think the hottest thing, and I think what people want to hear, um, especially someone like you having served in the, in the Marines, um, what are your feelings about President Trump's response to the repeated attacks on American assets in Iran, by I'm in Iraq by Iran or their surrogates? What, what, what's the response? Well, let me tell you, the response of taking the general out was appropriate. You've got to understand that this will this will put it in perspective. You do understand that he was around and part of the the pot bombing uh, years ago. He, they have been doing this since. The reason I joined the Marine Corps was the Iran hostage situation, and it's finally time for him to be taken out. He was as bad as Saddam Hussein, and the intelligence and the information that the president had was justified in what he did in taking him out. And as the regime continues, uh, you know, you, you, that doesn't mean we're going to be involved in the never-ending wars. Right. Matter of fact, what we're doing and what it was done is to make it safer for our Marines. Unfortunately, you know, we, got, we had Marines killed in a roadside bombing, the uh, way it sounds, earlier today uh, in Iraq. Oh, my. Uh, so, I mean, in Afghanistan. And um, so, you know, we want to get our Marines and our Navy and our military personnel, the Army and everybody else, out. However, we can't leave a hole uh, with those that are our allies. And, and you know, there is a, a – when it would be one thing if we would get out and they would do their thing in their own country, but the reality is – they're planning to do damage to us around the world and in the area. Yeah. And, it, and the president has to work off the intelligence that he has. And, to, and, and it, with this group that we're working with in D.C., the other side of the aisle, oh, they, they do things. For instance, the resolution that they passed on the Water Powers Act yesterday, uh, or day before yesterday, was, and if you would listen to the debate, 
it's it, it, it has no teeth. It does yeah. nothing. Right, it doesn't, not binding. Now, yeah, if, yeah. if you want to talk about the Water Powers mm-hmm. Act, not over this president, but but in the long range, do we want to limit our presidents? Right, well, th- right. Then that's a conversation we can have. Congressman, what you're going to do is by changing the law. Yes, Congressman, this is uh, the guest host, Cesar LaFleur. And first of all, let me thank you so much for your service, not only your service as a Marine, but also your service to the country in your elected position. So thank you so much for that. But later in this show, we're going to be talking about how the left is framing the discussion and controlling the narrative of political talk. But on the issue of Iran, one of the most disturbing things to me is to realize just how quickly and how enthusiastically American citizens are willing to blame America for everything that goes wrong. For instance, in this case, we've even heard elected officials like Jackie Speer, Eric Swalwell or Tulsi Gabbard blame the United States and blame President Trump. For the shooting down of that Ukrainian airliner that was shot down by Russian missiles and fired by Iranian soldiers. And until Donald Trump, we never had anyone from the conservative side to forcefully push back against that nonsense. Bush was a pushover. So tell me, how how is it possible? Let let me ask this question. How is it possible that people, especially elected officials, have come to be so comfortable in taking public anti-American positions? And what does that presume for the future of our country? Well, there's two things. One is that long term that um, <laughs> that our schools of higher learning have yeah. taught our children that we are uh, we, we are oppressors and that living in America is bad and everything. And, and that that's the long term. The short term is this. And I was listening to, to another member of Congress give comments on this earlier today. And that is that the hate for Trump. Mm. Mm-hmm. The hate for Trump yes. out, outdoes anything yes. that a member from the Democrat side of the aisle can do. The, 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 the hate for him outweighs the ability to support our troops and our nation and fight against terrorism. Yeah. Now, now, so, Congressman, Congressman Boss, have you ever seen something quite like this in American politics ever? That, 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 that the hatred, because you think about this. Hey, Iran, attack us. Oh, hey, U.S. President Trump, you can't you got to come through us. And, and if anything happens um, and any attack that happens on us, you got to wait. Come on. Now, he's the commander well, in chief. I feel like Nancy Pelosi wants to be the commander in chief. Yes. Well, let, let me explain this, too. If Donald Trump had not did what he did and That's then right. our embassies would have been brutally attacked like they were planning Guess what? Yep, yep. They would have went at him and said, why in the world yep. did you not do something? So you true. had the information. Yep. And, and, and that's just it, because it's, it's, it's about Trump. It's not about what's best in the nation. And we take an oath of office. You take it whether you run for state rep, as you did, or, yes. or whether you, you're, you're serving the military, to uphold and defend our Constitution. And, folks, I'm telling you, what they're doing is not upholding and defending our Constitution. That's it. It, is, it is dragging us through the mud and 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 for the sake of politics. And, and I want to tell you, if, if you want to go down the path and say, okay, who can we blame? And I'm not doing this. Okay. I'm yeah. not doing this, but I'm starting to say you, if you want to spin it the other way, who can we blame for shooting down that airliner? Hey, how about the person and the, and their administration that gave them that much money Thank to you. buy the war machines that they built up? Amen. Which, yes. When I tell you, when I tell you, when the administration did that, and John Kerry met with us in the same room, in a classified meeting, in the same room, 
let me say this. Both Democrats and Republicans disagreed with the giving of the money to and cutting the Iran deal. Wow. Experienced legislators on both sides says don't do it. Wow. And they did it anyway. Wow. And now we have to reap this. Yeah. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Congressman Mike Boss, 12th District uh, down in Murfreesboro area. And he's, I mean, you're giving us some great, great, great insider information here. And I really appreciate it. I want to, we got a, a minute left. I want to kind of shift it quickly. Give me, uh, what's your interpretation of what's going on with these articles of impeachment? I mean, I, I, I see that Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker Pelosi saying we, she's going to do it. What's happening? Well, first off, remember, remember the two <laughs> things that we have did, two articles are not, were not illegal acts. Right. They are not, again, it's not, again, they had to create <laughs> illegal acts or yeah. what they claim was illegal acts. Yeah. So it is impeachment by polls, uh, impeachment by polls. That's good. And it is it, it is exactly what our founding fathers wrote about when they wrote uh, uh, the guidelines for this nation and the fears that they had, whether it was Monroe, whether it was Jefferson. Uh, the list goes on and on of wow. the ones that were afraid, even though they differed on, OK, how much power should our president have? But to use articles of impeachment as a political tool was all of their biggest fears. Wow. And here we've started setting it that way. Well, it's, it's ridiculous. There you have it. Congressman Mike Boss from the 12th District. Thank you so much for joining us. i got to come down there and visit you guys soon. Uh, thanks so much for joining the show, Black and Right. Coming up next, we'll be talking with Ed Morrissey about hypocrisy in the parties. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Keep it locked. This is Black and Right on AM560 with John Anthony and Charles Love. Well, welcome back. You're tuned into Black and Right. I'm your host, John Anthony, alongside my guest co-host today, Pastor Cesar LaFleur. Yes, not Charles Love. Not I'm Charles so Love. much better looking than him. Uh, yeah, you really are. <laughs> and not as much gray. No. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to AM560, The Answer. Um, you know, I dude, what, Congressman Boss. Yes. I mean, to hear that portion about, you know, I, I've seen some reports that, that try to re- dispute that. But um, some of that money that was sent over, that, the $150 billion that was sent back yeah, over, yeah. um, was used on uh, buying some of those rockets that it would attacked be, us. It would be ridiculous to think it wasn't. I mean, those people were strapped for cash. You know, Obama released $157 billion, sent them $1.5 billion in cash. And we're going to reasonably believe that they didn't use some of that money to purchase some of the things that they would need to fund their campaign to terror. That's ridiculous. Imagine if, imagine, now let's, let's walk with me. Imagine if that night those rockets mm-hmm. hit our base, a, lo- a base that was closer, that was fully occupied, and the men and women died. Yes. What do you think the news media spin would have been? Well, it definitely would have been pointing figures where it needed to be pointed. They would never do anything to say Obama's culpable of anything because he's the chosen one. Uh-oh. Right. And so basically they be would have found— now. Well, you know, it's truth is the truth. And people don't know how it looks, so they won't find me on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they do because oh we're on Facebook Live. Oh, my God. 
but but nevertheless, you know, they're going to, as I mentioned earlier, they're going to try to find every way to tie everything back to Trump as being the fault of everything. If those people had to die, because they're already blaming deaths on yeah. him, they're blaming the airliner deaths right. on him. You know, they start the discussion not from when the American citizen was killed or the embassy was besieged. They start the, the train of thought from the eliminating of the general. Right. And so, therefore, it's easy to blame everything on Trump. So, yeah. Now, now, now I remember back in, I think it was, was it 2011 when, I think we were in a combat with, it was a Syria, Syria or Libya. I think it was Libya, right? Right, both, I think, at that time. Yeah. I recall a, a certain Speaker of the House. Yes. I, I recall a certain Speaker of the House um, commenting about um, the actions that then-President Obama took. Uh, Madam Leader, you're saying that the president did not need authorization initially and still does not need any authorization from Congress on Libya? Yes. Oh, what was that? Thank you all very much. Was that a no? That's that same Speaker of the House yeah. who's saying that the president now yeah. has to come ask her permission yeah, to defend American citizens? Yes. That same lady? Same lady. Oh, hypocrisy wouldn't come out of her mouth, Oh, no, no, but, 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 but I thought now that Trump is in office. You know, have you seen the hashtag Orange Man Bad? Yeah, of course. <laughs> orange Man Bad. I guess now that since the Orange Man is in there, uh, Orange Man Bad. So now we have to make sure because remember, I mean, I saw one of the posts that your friend, you and Steve Warren were battling about was that he said he couldn't believe Trump because Trump was a pathological liar. Where? Yeah. Show me. Right. Well, the, 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 the things that 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 the media has created and manufactured to make him appear to be. Uh, a habitual liar, a pathological, pathological, I can get that out, can I? Pathological. Pathological liar. <laughs> yeah. Right. Come on. I mean, tell me, what, what, what's with the hypocrisy? Well, first of all, I just heard refreshed this morning on MSNBC, and I don't know why my TV was on their station, but they said that they have uh, documented 25,000 examples of that. Trump lying. And so when you ask somebody, give me something, give me a specific lie yeah. that, that really matters. Give me a lie. And so they just go, well, he lies about everything, everything that comes out of his mouth. So they don't want to be specific, but they want to paint this aura. But then I challenge them this. If you have so much confidence uh, in the CIA, if you say they're absolutely right, well, it was the CIA and the intel community and the generals who made this recommendation for Trump to take advantage of this opportunity to strike and eliminate this guy based on an existing threat to American lives. Yeah. So if you believe them, then believe the intel that this was the appropriate thing to do. If you don't believe them, if you say that the CIA and the intel community will lie, well, then why would you condemn Trump for doubting them sometimes on some of the things that have come out? Right. And they know this is all round up in that Russian collusion. You know, Trump was a, <laughs> Trump was a Russian spy, this whole thing, the FBI. And so Trump had a negative view of some people in Everybody. the deep state. Yes, he did. So isn't that understandable? It is. Then So uh, you know, they don't give him a break. But, but and, and you know what? I, I, <laughs> I do think, though, he, he probably made a few missteps when he when he went after the 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 intelligence apparatus. Uh, right. And Chuck U. Schumer basically gave them say, hey, look, you better be careful. Because they this. will get you back. <laughs> but, you know, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, when we come back from the break, I want to mm-hmm. play a clip because, I mean, there's a there's a certain presidential candidate, um, mm-hmm. Biden, um, that's that's running for president. Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he um, he also had a few choice words. Back when he was on, I believe it was Face the Nation back in, I think it was 1996, okay. 1998, when yeah. Clinton uh, went after. Right. Mm. Uh, and he said, basically, and I, we'll play the clip later, mm-hmm. but the hypocrisy. And now, I know, mm-hmm. I'm a Republican. I know that Democrats and Republicans both play these games they around do. election right. time. Mm-hmm. Look, the hypocrisy is in both parties. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. Nobody, you cannot deny that. Mm-hmm. 
But when you are limiting the power of a president, that's right. When 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 we we know we have enemies that want to take us out. That's right. I have a problem with that. Let me just say this: is that I understand Trump was a first-time politician, and Trump is Donald Trump. He's always been who he is, yeah. and there's been some mistakes. He's kind of like not very, you know, delicate in certain areas. But one thing that I don't doubt is his heart for our country there it is. and his desire to do what's best for our country, and we've benefited because of his leadership. Yeah, there it is. Hey, give us a call, 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. Did Trump do the right thing by taking out the Iraqi general? Yes, he did. I, I, I definitely believe he did. Uh, and what are your thoughts on the hypocrisy of the left? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> You're listening to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer, John Anthony and Caesar LaFleur. Keep it locked. And now, more of Black and Right on AM560. Here are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. Hey, welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm John Anthony with my guest co-host today, Pastor. I forgot the pastor last time. That's all right. Pastor <clears throat> Caesar LaFleur. What's up, buddy? Hey, everything. Are man. you enjoying yourself? I'm having a ball. You having a ball? Yeah, this is it's, great. It's flying by, though, isn't it? It is. It's, it's just, it, I told you, it goes by so, so, so fast. Um, I, You know, before we left the break, uh, we left on the break, uh, we were talking about, you know, what was going on, the hypocrisy in the parties. Mm. Um. But have you ever seen such blatant hypocrisy, the way the Dems and, and those on the left are showing today when it comes to all things Trump? Not at all. And especially in this age of YouTube, when it's so easy to go back and find clips, you know, like we did previously with Nancy Pelosi, to see how the bar has changed, how they've moved so many things uh, between different administrations. Uh, what was acceptable with Obama, what was great with Obama, what was brilliant with Barack Obama is now all of a sudden oh, well, the most horrible thing on earth. With Donald Trump, there's this inconsistency. Uh, there's a lack of consistencies on the real important issues. And so it's actually ho- causing our elected officials to lose credibility. And the media is even worse. Yeah. The media, oh. you know, fake news. Uh, you know, I think it was great that he coined that phrase because I'm actually watching them create news and spin narratives to advance an agenda. Yeah. CNN is notorious. MSNBC, they're notorious for that. Yeah. They're not reporting news. They're not informing people. Right. They're influencing people to get people to arrive at conclusions that they want them to arrive at. And it's inconsistent with the way they approach the news under Barack Obama. It, it definitely. I mean, I mean, 1,000% turnaround. Absolutely. Because, I mean, imagine if they had, if they had opened up the microscope on, on him and expose a lot of the stuff that he was doing. Right. A lot of the stuff, I see, have you seen that meme, that gif or whatever they call it, that's going around that saying, oh, no scandal in my administration. Right, yeah. What, what about Benghazi? Fast and Furious. What about Fast and Furious? Right. Yeah. What about Lois Lerner and, and coming after the conservatives? The, the IRS. The IRS. Right, absolutely, yeah. Um, the, if, if the Republican parties had a pair, mm-hmm. they would have opened up investigations on that, but they were too afraid to be called racist. And absolutely. that's what I'm getting sick and tired of. Absolutely, that. Absolutely. You know? right. and, and, you know, and, you know, we get called the Coons and the, you know, the Uncle Toms because we sit and we, we take this position. I'm so past that. But <laughs> we do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, if... if, 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 if People, you know, I hear it all the time. I, mean, I have this one friend. He posts, he posts all this very Afrocentric stuff on my post all the time, mm. and I just look at. It, I laugh now. It's like, okay, right. I've been called worst. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even want to go into the names I've been called. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's so good to you know. I I just got a message 
Uh, Maria and Kenosha, thanks so much for listening. We, we really appreciate you guys here at, at Black and Right. Uh, she's really enjoying the show. Great. I've been told, so I had to give her a shout out. So. Great. Thank you. I'm <laughs> glad I didn't break it. <laughs> well, you know, it ain't, the show isn't over yet, so just. Oh, I got time. <laughs> you, you got time to break it. Um, but, you know, it, it, let's, 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 I'm just going to, I'm just going to let the listening audience listen in on this, on this. Remember I talked to you, told you about, there's a certain candidate, Joe Biden, um, that's running for President Biden. Um, Sleepy he, Joe. Uh, Sleepy Joe. Um, <laughs> Let's listen to what he had to say back in, I believe it was 96, 98. Okay. Do you believe uh, that Iran is behind this? Well, I, I, I don't know, but the fact is, they it, looks like there's, if they are. it looks like there's... You want to know what they, they do? Be. It's, it's an, an act of war. I'll give you the last word. Sure. And they yield. Did you hear what he said? He said, it's an act of war. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden, it's an act of war. Mm-hmm. Do you believe yeah. that Iran is behind this? Well, I, I I don't know, but the fact is, they it looks like there's. It looks like there's. You want to know what they, they do? Be. It's yes. an act of war. I'll give you the last word. Sure. And they yield their sovereignty. They do wiretaps. Won't change that. An act of war. It's an act and of so war. The United That's States right. does it could what? take whatever action it deems appropriate. A disproportionate response. Whatever is needed. If we find out they did that, we're going to have to get tough. Bomb to Iran. We're going to have to get tough. Senator Head, Senator Biden. Thank you. Take what, what did he say? Ever action necessary. Take whatever action is necessary. You know why? Mm-hmm. You know why? Because, you know, think about that. Yay, guess what? We got a surprise caller. Are we going to take that caller after the break? All right. Guess what? We're going to have Ed Morrissey after this break wow. um, from hotair.com. I can't wait. You know what? I had no idea it was Captain Quarters. Ed, Captain Quarters. You listening to Black and White on AM560? The answer. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and Right on AM560. Here are Charles Love and John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right. I'm your host, John Anthony. Charles Love is not in today, but I have someone else that's very, very special to me. Pastor uh, Cesar Lafleur hey. is in the house. How's it going, buddy? Man, this is great. Yeah, I told you. Yeah, I think I found a new career. Uh-oh. Look, better be careful. <laughs> yeah, I got to get an agent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you probably... Go ahead and do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, uh, I'm excited about our next host. I mean, next next guest. Um, everybody knows him. I had no idea until I looked him up mm. of what this nickname was. And I was just like, what the heck? This is my guy. Mm. Ed Morrissey is senior editor and correspondent for HotAir.com, a virtual hotspot for conservative political discourse. He hosts the Ed Morrissey Show, a twice-weekly video stream talk show via HotAir.com. He also writes regular columns for The Week and The Fiscal Times. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Black and Right, Captain Ed. How's it going, buddy? It's going great. Hey, thanks for having me on today. Hey, I really appreciate it. And um, when we met over in the hallway at the um, Freedom Summit... I, I knew I knew who you were then. I'm like, oh my god, this is Ed Morrissey. I got a little, I got a little, you know, you know, starstruck for a minute there. <laughs> I guess I follow, I followed you as Captain Ed for for so long. Uh, I think you, you're probably, you, you're so, you're, you're one of the most reasonable writers out there, and your content actually deals with what's what's actually happening in America. And we, we, we before you joined the show, we were talking about hypocrisy in the parties, and when Nancy Pelosi yeah. basically said. Um, uh, Barack Obama, President Obama, did not need um, congressional authority uh, when he bombed Libya. W- what is it with the hypocrisy in the, and, and especially the blatant hypocrisy in today's Democrat Party? Well, and you know, I think what it is is it's it's just a uh, very short-sighted view uh, in, in both cases, right? In both instances, a very short-sighted view of where you see your interests in uh, it, 
during the Barack Obama administration, when Obama was bombing Libya, um, they saw their interest as supporting Barack Obama. Now they see their interest uh, as supporting, uh, you know, or, or to me, opposing Donald Trump. Uh, they're not really. There's not a whole lot of principle involved, except for the principle of uh, entire self-interest. I mean, that's really what the the only principle that's operating right now is the principle of self-interest, and that's it. And so, would you say this is Caesar Lafleur? Would you say that uh, a lot of this is being driven uh, by hatred of Donald Trump that would cause them to compromise their integrity and be so hypocritical, driven by this derangement, this this un, unfounded hatred for him? Yeah, Caesar. I think it's a good good question. I think some of this would be true, no matter what which Republican president was in place, right? I think if if Ted Cruz had won, for instance, or if Marco Rubio had won, we'd be having the exact same discussions because, right. uh, at least in terms of this military strike that we're talking about, the Soleimani strike, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that the impeachment was entirely driven by hatred mm-hmm. and, yes. uh, and mm-hmm. a desire for revenge for beating Hillary Clinton. I think that that's completely... The, the reason for the impeachment. That's the only reason that they've been pursuing impeachment. They've been pursuing impeachment for three years. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it, it, to their own admission, they've been looking around for reasons to impeach Donald Trump, and it has to go back to the 2016 election. They're still sorry about the, the fact that he won it. So that, I think, is driven by hatred. I think that the the stuff over the Soleimani strike is, is more just... Um, just partisan, you know, partisan self-interest it, it, it alone, partisan self-interest alone. It's really uh, disturbing. It really is disturbing. Now, you mentioned the Soleimani strike. And so I noticed that when a lot of people on the left, when they talk about the series of events that even culminated, culminated with shooting down of the plane, they start at the uh, taking out of Soleimani. They don't go back and talk about the, the death of the American citizen or the besiegement of our embassy in Baghdad. They start with killing him as the catalyst that started all of the events. And it seems to me that's designed in order to be able to place blame on Donald Trump for everything that has happened in the past few days. Would you agree? I would completely agree with that. And and I would say this. I think that the administration has sort of made a mistake here, too, mm-hmm. in trying to uh, justify the strike on Soleimani by saying what was coming next. I think it was just as easy to say his forces were besieging the U.S. Embassy. Right. He landed in Baghdad when he was supposed to not even travel outside of Iran. Uh, that makes him command and control of those forces in the theater of battle. Uh, the American Embassy is sovereign American territory, and he is a legitimate uh, military target uh, for, uh, for, for being there. And, and I think that that's actually the better argument, but uh, they kind of got caught up in the, well, there was an imminent attack and this and that and the other thing. And so it's allowing... Uh, I think that mistake is allowing Democrats to, to play that game. Now, let, let, let's let's shift really quickly to the impeachment. Um, <laughs> Nancy, Speaker Pelosi finally said that she's going to send over the articles um, sometime next week. It's about time. Uh, you know, but I was I was shocked and surprised that um, Moscow Mitch actually signed on to Josh, Senator Hawley's um, resolution. Why didn't Why didn't he just file that resolution, bring it to the floor, and let that vote happen? What What Why the Why did they hold back? Well, I think that McConnell's looking down the road, too. You know, he's, he's saying that this might come up again in a different context, and he wants to make sure that the, you know, anytime you, you change the rules, you set a precedent. I mean, Harry Reid can speak to you chapter and verse <laughs> about that. Yeah. And he's careful. He's a careful guy. And, and I don't think that careful is bad in this particular instance. Okay. They brought, he, he signed on to it as a co-sponsor to tell Nancy Pelosi, uh, you either move forward with this or we're going to dispense with it without even hearing from you guys. And it worked. It worked. She caved. 
And so that was all he really needed to do. And now they can take it up and, and they can still dismiss it uh, once the case is presented, and likely they probably will. Well, hey, Ed, uh, we have 30 seconds left. Why don't you tell the people where to find you, what you're working on, any books coming out soon, uh, websites to follow you? No, no books, but uh, you can always follow me at hotair.com. That's the easiest place to follow me. I'm on Twitter at Ed Morrissey. And uh, so those are the two places I'd say to go. But uh, it's great being on with you guys. So nice to talk to you. We're definitely going to have to have you back on, Ed. Thank you so much for joining us on Black and Right. Thank you, sirs. All right. That's it for the first hour. Second hour. I'm excited about this next hour. We talk politics. We talk Illinois-centric things. Uh, Keep it locked right here. Black and Right. AM 560, The Answer. If you're in the car, do not get out that car. Keep it locked. Let we'll be right my back. people go! Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. You've tuned into Black and Right. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. And leading that revolution are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. Wrong. (laughs) Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Hour 2, Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Charles Love is not in today. I'm, I'm alongside my guest co-host for the week, Pastor Caesar LaFleur. Hey, what up, buddy? Hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, hour one was like really jam-packed, and it, w- it went by so, so fast. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I may have an agent for you. I, I got a text message saying from somebody saying, hey, I can be his agent if he wants me to. That's right. <laughs> Contact me. Have my people get with your people. What, what, we're, what we're talking about is during the, right before we head out, headed out, um, Pastor was talking about how he think he might have found his second call and he may need an agent. <laughs> well, I got an agent for you. Um, but, you know, what, what, I, what I always try to do on the show is the first hour I like to talk about what's happening outside of Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, what's happening around us, around the world, um, outside of this state. Uh, the second hour I like to what I like to do is start focusing in on people that are running for office here, topics that, that affect uh, all of us mm-hmm. in some way, some shape, some form. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things, when, when I did the show, you said, hey, John, we got to talk about the role of men today. Oh. Um, and, and you specifically talked about feminism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you, you tagged me to that post, and I was like, oh, do I want to engage in this post uh, on, no, on feminism? So yeah. what, what were you, what were some of the thoughts that you wanted to talk about when you talked about like the role of men in, in, in America and the role of men here in Illinois? What, what are you seeing? What's, what, what caused this, this, this consternation in you? You know, I wish we could post a sign that says warning landmines ahead because having this conversation Uh-oh. is going to be very, very difficult. And I'm so, sure. And, and ladies and gentlemen out there listening, you know, we're going to need your help with this one because we're going to want you, first of all, I'm asking you to listen with the open ears and open hearts and not be so easily offended. Uh, because I think this is a vitally important conversation. And if I would title it, I would say uh, the diminishing presence mm. of male leadership. Okay. And um, I began noticing several years ago, John, that there seemed to be a movement in the media and in pop culture to marginalize and even devalue of the male perspective. Uh-huh. I mean, seemingly, it looked like men were being mocked and ridiculed, and manhood was being somewhat portrayed as being buffoonish, ignorant, insensitive, oppressive. Toxic. Yeah, and even dangerous at some points. And I don't know, but it seemed as though men started becoming the butt of all the jokes, the outlet for scorn and all the people's frustration. And then recently we had the Me Too movement. That has emerged, and it began villainizing all men 
because of the inappropriate behavior of a few men. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, toxic masculinity start popping up everywhere. And I started noticing men trying to distance themselves from anything that could be associated with what was traditional manhood because who wants to deal with the public scorn? Yeah. Then I started noticing the diminishing presence of men in the public discourse and the takeover of that medium by women. Now, Contrary to what people believe, I watch CNN most of the time, uh-huh. and I, what I found was started bothering really? me. Really? Yeah, I do. I, I, you know, I watch Fox in the evening. I try. I, I, I can't watch any of them. But you know, I do because I don't. I don't need my own opinions just yeah. parroted back to me. I want to hear what the other side is. But I noticed that no matter what the discussion was, when CNN brought out a panel, if it was six people on the panel, four of them were going to be women. Mm-hmm. And the other two were going to be beta males, men who were going to really push back aggressively on anything that women would say. Because, once again, we have this uh, this standard that's being set, this new paradigm coming in that being a man and being aggressive in any form is a bad thing. So I wrote this post that you mentioned uh-huh. on Facebook, and I'm just going to. Open it up by just reading that post. Go ahead. And then we can start a discussion from there. Go right ahead. And you would have to know that I got feedback immediately. Oh, well, I, I saw the, some of the, the responses. So, Or as my dad used to say, immediately. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what I wrote. I said, feminism has taken over the Western world and has even caused great damage to the church. Biblical male leadership, and notice I said biblical, male leadership has been painted as oppressive, outdated, and unwanted. Truth is, the world is in need of real male leadership in the institutions that matter. The home. Okay. We need male leadership. Yes, we do. Yeah, back in our home. The church, the community, the presence of strong men in our community. These have been lacking God-ordained male leadership for too long. Now, more than ever, the world needs real men to stand up, man up, and lead. This does not discount the position or the value of women at all. So I say don't get that twisted. Men, uh, God values us equally, but he has assigned us with different roles, neither role superior or inferior, just different. Then I said, men, we have been tasked with a special place of leadership in our relationships. And there is nothing oppressive in that if we exercise that leadership with honor and grace. So I close it out by saying, let's man up and lead and watch our women benefit from that. So my whole point of this is that I am noticing that to be a man, to be a strong leader, to be a, 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 uh, a determined person, to demonstrate real man qualities the way God has created us. Because would you agree with me, John Anthony, mm-hmm. I'm sure that you do, that God created males and females? Yes. Well, n- today there are 72 different. No, it is. You know, I'm <laughs> just yeah. telling you, that's, 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 that's what the, the society that we've, we've evolved to. Absolutely. Has become. Mm-hmm. 72 and then if and if and if here, here's here's my biggest problem mm-hmm. with this is that you can't have a difference of opinion no. or belief system in what the other side believes right. in mm-hmm. without being called a bigot right prejudiced hateful um I, i'm gonna be perfectly honest people do i ha- can, can i can i tell people how to live their lives in their home no mm-hmm. but don't expect me to be okay with certain behaviors certain things and then tell me that I'm a bigot or I'm hateful right. because I don't want to agree with you. Yeah, I tell people, don't don't force me to buy into the foolishness. If you want to believe that, that's fine for you. Correct. But there's no requirement that I have to believe that as well because I don't believe there's 72 genders. Correct. I just look at that as a part of the ever 
uh, present war against anything that God has established. So you don't want to say there's men and women because then that would limit you. So you want to say there's 72. I don't have to buy into that. But once again, it's this continued assault on the uniqueness that God has designed us. You know, male and female, he created in them. And he's given us certain characteristics. He designed men for a certain role. Because he designed us differently. Would you, if a just guy, different. I love that. I love that you. when you said. It is different. We, we, we're unique. We're just different. We're just different. And our differences are not intended to separate us. Correct. Our differences are designed to unite us yeah. and to make us strong. So the creator, if you believe in a creator who designed men, he had a role in mind for men. And so he designed him a certain way. Yeah. He made them bigger. He made them stronger. Right. He made them think differently. And there are certain things that come along with See, that. And, and this is Charles. This Charles would have loved this this conversation mm-hmm. because Charles is really big in the culture and and and, and in his opinion. Some and I'm not trying to speak for Charles, but I, I just in, in conversations I've had with him, mm-hmm. the the denigration of culture, um, on, on both sides of yes, the aisle, right. you mm-hmm. know. Um, but look at what happened. Was it here in Illinois where they passed where now in all restrooms in men restrooms. They're now changing tables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have to be. Mm-hmm. Now, I get federal government buildings and all that type of stuff, but you're going to force a business mm-hmm. to, to now put in a changing table for mm-hmm. a diaper or a kid's diaper to be changed. Mm-hmm. This is something. This is part of what you're talking about. Absolutely. Right? And once again, I'm going to remind people that, you know, that we're talking about this out of love. We're not trying to insult or put down anyone. No, we just talk, no. about, talk about what's what's real. And so the lines of differences between men and women are being eroded intentionally. They're they're, they're shading those because they've determined that there's one role that's inferior. The the feminists have come along and say that if you if you uh, if if you are in a traditional woman's role, that you are inferior. If you don't work outside of the house, if you don't do this, and it goes back to what we were talking about, the language, about how they define the terms, the assumptive language. So they'll say that if you don't believe this, then you're being hateful, you're being bigoted. But I don't buy into the assumptive language. Love is not just accepting everything that you say that you want to be. You know, so we really need to speak up and reclaim our position as biblical men. Did you see the comment I put I put in? I mean, the the, the statement I put in there, the monopolization of language for political purposes. Right, I did. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's what's that what that's what we see today. That's right. There's a monopolization of it to say that we control the narrative, we control the what can be said, and what can't. And you're be talking said, about it based on this. Based on this. Look, this right. is this mm-hmm. is this. These are the guidelines we give the, the we give the guidelines. Right. You are not. Um, part of the design of the guidelines. So whatever we say, whatever we put down, that's what you have to follow. Someone's going to listen to this conversation and they're going to say, listen at those bigots or listen at those, you know, I've been called worse. You know, listen to these individuals because they speak at it from one perspective and there's no room in that Correct. for any ifs, ands, or buts. Right. And so if they say this, they give an example of this is what it is. And if you have an if or an or I don't believe it, then there's something wrong with you. Well, hey, if you're listening to the show, call in 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. Rebut what um, Pastor LaFleur and I are talking about. Or help us bring it or into help clarity. Or help us bring it into yeah. clarity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because, I mean, that's that. I think that's what's missing. We're not having conversations about things anymore. That's right. We speak mm-hmm. over people. Mm-hmm. We speak we, and we speak down at people, but Absolutely. we're not having any conversation. Absolutely. You know, so stop villainizing one another and find a way to, to support one another and push each other forward. Great, 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 great conversation. Coming up next, we'll be talking with candidate for the 14th Congressional District, Catalina Loft, about her run for office. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560 Answer with John Anthony and Pastor LaFleur. It's a travesty of a mockery of a sham, of a mockery of a travesty of two mockeries of a sham. 
This is Black and Right on AM560 with Charles Love and John Anthony. Well, welcome back. You're tuned in to Black and Right. I'm your host, John Anthony, alongside my guest co-host today, Pastor Cesar LaFleur. Pastor, um, you know, before the break, we were talking about the role of men in society, in today's society. Uh, we, had a, we had a caller, um, before we go to um, the candidate, Christina Loft, okay. I want to take the call from Catalina Loft. I want to take the call from Ray from, okay. Okay, Ray. <laughs> hey, Ray, go Hi, ahead. Welcome uh, to Black and Right. Uh, you got 20 you. seconds, uh, buddy. Okay. Um, well, with the women uh, not staying home and taking the man's role and not bringing up the children till they go to school, uh, I notice that society's children have no manners and uh, they're just kind of a little wild. And, uh, I, you know, having mom at home, they have that special ability to help them learn and, and take that position of bringing up good people for society. Well, thank Ray, you so much, Ray. Ray, thank you so much for saying that. And you said it very well. And it's a very delicate thing to talk about because, once again, we don't want to insult anybody. If a woman wants to work, she's free to make that decision. But there is a benefit because God has given women certain uh, instincts, nurturing, love. And our children really need to be raised under those values, under those principles to have that taught to them at home. And so having a woman who is perfectly fine as being a homemaker and a mother who doesn't look at that as being inferior is vitally important to society because I personally believe that our society suffers because the home is supposed to be the incubator, the place where those values are instilled into our children. And as dads demonstrate responsibility and providing for them, mother helps nurture the children and that helps society. So thank you, Ray. Oh, God, we got the preacher on today. <laughs> I didn't mean to get into a preaching sermon. Oh, wow. So, Okay, so I think I probably interviewed almost everybody that's running for the 14th, all 70, 79, 78,000 people that are running for the 14th Congressional District seat. Uh, I saw this last person who was running. Uh, I saw, I believe uh, I saw a Facebook ad on her. And when I saw it, I was like, wow, that's very impressive. Uh, and then when I read her story, um, she was born here in, in, in Woodstock, but her family comes from Guatemala. And I, I, I mean, I don't. I think, I think, if if I said who she was, or if I introduced her, I think I would do her injustice mm. uh, as to as to what I think she can be here in the, here in the state of Illinois. Candidate for the 14th congressional district, Catalina. Uh, don't don't beat me up if I butcher this. Loff, Catalina Loff. <laughs> yes, yeah, Loff. Loff. Yes. Oh. Thanks so much for having <laughs> Got me it. on. So talk to the, talk to our listeners about why you're running who you are, and why should the, the voters, which I'm one of the voters of the 14th District, vote for you? Great. Well, you know, I, I grew up born and raised here in Woodstock, Illinois, um, in the heart of the 14th. And my story is, you know, very similar to, to a lot of stories today. I mean, I'm the product of the American dream. My mom came here legally from Guatemala and Central America. Uh, my dad I grew up in the Chicago area and worked hard all his life and was a small business owner and entrepreneur. And, you know, we in a suburb like Woodstock and parts of, you know, Illinois, very Midwestern values of, of hard work, uh, patriotism and, and, you know, respecting our neighbors. And right. I see the far left um, very much attacking those values, what makes America uh, the greatest country in the world, but but also uh, from a policy perspective, where we're going 
uh, when you have these far left young progressives in Congress now who want to create socialism in our country, well, who do we have on the conservative movement uh, to, to bring new ideas to Congress to help fight the socialists with conservative principles? Right. And that's really why I'm running. Uh, I think we need some change, not only in the state, but also on a federal level. And we just need new faces in Congress on the Republican side. Yes. And new voices. You know, I, I, saw, I also saw that you had experience in the um, Trump administration, the U.S. Department of Commerce. Tell me, how does that lend itself to being able to serve the people of the 14th Congressional District in the House of Representatives? Well, absolutely. So just first, from a political standpoint, Illinois 14 went to President Trump by four points. So it was very much a district that supported his and continues to support his America First agenda. And during my time at the Department of Commerce, I saw firsthand um, how his agenda and how the America First agenda really helps everyday Americans. I mean, I saw it, um, living examples of this. Um, the majority of a lot of his platform and campaign promises and also the policies that he was pushing came from the Department of Commerce. When right. you're talking about Ch- Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, USMCA, uh, you know, a lot of these were, were coming from the Department of Commerce because his his whole campaign and policy was, was fixing uh, the economy and, and promoting jobs. Right. And I was honored to be a part of that, to uh, work with different companies and to look at, you know, specifically Opportunity Zones is a big forefront of uh, the, the particular portfolio that I was working on. And, and I saw incredible stories. And those stories translate to real-life job creation, uh, small businesses being able to grow because they are now less taxed. They're, you're taking out re- yes. regulation that kills small businesses. Um, and that helps the community. That helps an economy. And that's the backbone of the 14th district yes, it is. small businesses. Yes, it is. Now, now as you know, um, should you be the one selected to run against Lauren and you win this seat, um, immigration is going to be a huge thing. Um, I know your mother and grandmother escaped a very volatile situation in Guatemala, which led them to flee in their homeland and coming to the United States. And yeah. they and they actually followed the process to become citizens, gaining access legally and complying with the expectations and, and process to obtain their citizenship. Um, how do you respond to those who say that children of illegal immigrants should receive free health care, education, but children who are legal citizens and their parents should be forced to pay for a benefit that is not otherwise granted to them? Yeah, that's that's a great question, and I'll start by saying this: um, the the immigration topic is so heavily politicized that no real workable solutions are being put to the table. Um, the one real workable solution, first and foremost, is securing border. Yeah. So the the more that we talk about giving, um, you know, benefits to children that are at the border or people who are coming here legal illegally. Well, before we even have that conversation, let's have a safe and secure border first. Because the more that we're continuing to allow um, people to come here illegally and not following the process, there's a hemorrhaging happening there. We're bleeding down there. So true. Um, And and we need to to fix that problem before we even start considering about, you know, benefits and and all that. I do have a particular huge problem, you know, Lauren Underwood uh, recently was on the House floor and was talking about this 
uh, about how illegal um, children, illegal immigrants and, and children should have access to electronic medical records. And Re- Representative Mark Green comes in. He's a veteran. And he said, I well, love our Mark. veteran community. Yeah. Our veteran community doesn't even have this technology. And you're you're willing to to put for people who do not follow a process and are breaking the law b- before our own com- our yes. communities, our veteran communities, your constituents, uh, that, that type of language is wrong. That's right. Um, but we have, there's a lot that could be fixed. Right. Um, yes. We, better judges, a, a, a better, more efficient system right. for people but, who do want to come here legally and, and be productive citizens, but, but it's so politicized. Ms. Loss, I don't want to cut you off in the middle of your sentence. This is Cesar LaFleur, guest hosting today. And um, as you know, today in downtown Chicago, there's a massive pro-life march. Today is the March for Life, where um, thousands of Illinois citizens are coming out to uh, not only to promote the sanctity of innocent human life, but also to mark that notorious decision of 1973, Roe versus Wade. Uh, we're going to have someone coming on a little bit later to talk more about it, but could you give the listeners today who many of them would be interested in your position on the pro-life movement in 30 seconds, could you give us a brief uh, explanation of how you view life and how you see that affected your service in Congress if you're elected? Sure. I, I'm very pro-life, and I think it's very disgusting how far left um, these policies are going. Uh, I mean, look at Governor Pritzker and, and some of these very un, unhinged radical Democrats that are, are willing to uh, do horrible things to, to children. Uh, I mean, from not only uh, when you're talking about, you know, conception, but also to uh, up to, you know, 25, 30 wow. weeks. I mean, That's these, true. Are, these are lies. Hey, hey, Catalina, um, Catalina, uh, yeah. let's talk to the people. How, where can they follow you? You have any fundraisers coming up? Anything that uh, you want to uh, tell the people that are listening to the um, the show? Yeah, so Website. we do have events coming up, but you can keep in touch at CatalinaForCongress.com. Uh-huh. Thank you so much, Catalina, and uh, good luck and uh, yes, work hard. Luck. Yeah. It's going to be a very, very, very tough primary. Uh, work really hard, and uh, as you know, I'm a former state representative, so get out there and work hard and give your, send your message to the people. You listening? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. You listening to Black and Right on AM five sixty? The answer. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Black and Right. I'm your host John Anthony. I got my good buddy and Pastor Cecil Lafleur in the studio with me. You listen to Black and Right AM five sixty, and you know what? I'm I'm, pastors are pastors, no matter where you go. See, you know what? (laughs) What? Now, guys. The pastor had me in here shedding tears in here. <laughs> I know that's probably part of the show, but uh, we're having a conversation, a discussion, and, and, and I'm telling you, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, man. I, re- yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah, uh, it's, it's always good to, to, to be in the presence of, of, of somebody who's as holy as you are. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Wait, would Andre Morgan and all those have, the guys have something else to say? They would have a different story. <laughs> Ah, uh, man, that was a that was a that was a pretty good segment. Mm-hmm. I thought I think I think with um, Catalina and with yes, uh, the previous yes. discussion on mm-hmm. feminism. That's right. Um, now you have a friend. When when we decided to do the show, you said, "Hey, John, I got somebody that I, I really want to bring on the show. 
Uh, it's the big pro-life march down in Chicago. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really would like for this person to have a platform. So go ahead and well, go ahead and introduce who, who we're going to listen to next. Well, I was really excited about having her on because I am a big fan of this lady and her husband and the work that they've been doing. Her name is Cindy Morales, and she is the executive director of Pro-Life Champions, which I am blessed to sit on the board of. Cynthia is a mom, and she's the wife of John Morales. Now, yeah. when I mentioned his name, you said, I know that I name. I know that name. He was a sportscaster yeah. here. Yeah. Great man. Uh, the founder of Pro-Life Champions, okay? And uh, she has a master's degree, a master's in divinity from McCormick Theological Seminary, and she's the author of several Bible studies. I'm so pleased to welcome Cindy Morales to the show. Cindy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Pastor LaFleur. It's so good to be on with you. Yeah, good to have you. How are things going at the march today? Well, um, because of this, I'm not actually marching, okay. which is so sad because I so looked forward to going out into 17-degree weather with rain and <laughs> I know. snow, yeah. but I gave it up just for this. Well, thank you um, for your sacrifice. Of, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> we had a lot of people here at the Congress Hotel this morning for the mm-hmm. youth rally, and we, this is the first year they've done a convention, so there were a lot of different pro-life groups being represented, and we had our booth here, and I met Great. people from Salt Lake City that flew in for this, from Michigan, Amazing. from Southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. So what we want the Chicago March for Life to become is sort of like, hey, do you go to D.C., Chicago, right. or San Francisco? Which which national march do you go to? Absolutely. So you've got to be really tough to go to this one. Right. This march is growing, and so I'm glad it is. But, Cindy, so glad to have you on. Uh, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about Pro-Life Champions, and how did you guys get started? Okay, well, uh, my husband is, like you said, a former sportscaster, so neither one of us were, like, you know, pro-lifers, so to speak. But he got an idea in 2011 to make a movie about abortion. And the reason he did that, you can see if you go to YouTube and look at our YouTube channel, The 40 Film, there's a little short film there called The Making of 40, and you can see the whole story. But essentially, my husband is post-abortive, like so many men, and we're also the parents of an adopted child. So he literally came home after being at church one day and said, I have an inspiration from the Holy Spirit. I'm, I want to make a movie about yes. abortion. And so we ended up making that movie. Um, it took several years. We had to become a not-for-profit, which we knew nothing about. And, of course, since I'm such, you know, docile wife, I said, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I can hear you saying that. Too. <laughs> he did it anyway. Yeah. Uh, so so we, we did. We, we, we made the movie. It, was, it premiered on 20, in 2013. Absolutely. Uh, December yeah. 11th. And I was and, I was in that movie. You were there. I was in the movie. Yes, a celebrity. Yeah, in the movie. I saw my name and in lights in the, the theater screen. Great. <laughs> so to tell you just a little bit about that film, yes. um, it looks at abortion as a human rights issue, and it premiered right around the 40th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, which is the um, Supreme Court decision that legalized abortion for all nine months for yes. any reason in this country. We have one of the most liberal abortion laws in the world. In this country, yes, well, especially and here so in Illinois wanted, too. What we've done here well, in Illinois, it's especially bad here because um, they they're paying for it with taxpayer dollars now. Here in Illinois, that's right. So uh, for the Forty Film, which you can see again for free on the internet at the Forty Film on YouTube, looks at abortion as a human rights issue. It examines common arguments given for abortion and answers them. Looks at the disproportionate effect that abortion has on um, the black and Hispanic communities in this country. It looks at the response the pro-life community has had to abortion, including pregnancy resource centers, 
a movement called 40 Days for Life Adoption. Right. And it ends with a segment on the National March for Life in Washington with the message that this is the generation that will end abortion. And it was a very well done film. And I encourage everybody to go to the 40film.com and watch the film. And so give us a little bit of background. We're going to carry you over to the next segment. Uh, we've only got a few minutes left in this one. But what has been some of the impact that the 40 film has had? We've been in over 300 schools, churches, and colleges, high schools, and we're still, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be presenting at, at a church in Omaha the week of the National March for Life, so I'm not going to be in Washington. I'm going to go to Omaha that weekend. It's still a very relevant film, even though it's six years old. The yes. only thing about it that's changed is the numbers of babies that have died. In 2013, 55 million babies had died from abortion, but... Now it's 61 million. 61 million. That's the only difference. So if you are a belong to a church and you want to get a pro-life ministry started, this is a great tool to get you started. Absolutely. Cynthia, Cynthia, we can hold you over over the break. Uh, We want to continue this discussion. You're listening to Cynthia Morales uh, right here on AM560 Answer, Black and Right, with my good buddy, Pastor Cesar LaFleur and John Anthony. We shall return. Keep it locked. The show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right on AM560 with John Anthony and Charles Love. Welcome back, everybody. This is Cesar LaFleur sitting in for Charles Love with John Anthony on Black and Right here on AM560. And we're going to continue our conversation with Cindy Morales. And Cindy, I appreciate so much what you told us about the 40 film that you had done in the past. But I'm excited about hearing about your new project, The Shout My Story. And before we talk about that, we're going to just play a short clip for as individuals can hear about what it is that you're doing with this project. Hi, my name is Rachel Mary. I'm 19 years old, and three doctors told my parents to abort me. These physicians said that I would be incompatible with life, and my parents said whether our child is healthy or sick, our child has value, and we will fight for this child. And I encourage you, whether you're younger or you're older, whatever your story may be, to share your story at shoutmystory.org. Thank you. Cindy Morales, a pro-life champion, that was a powerful uh, piece of, of tape. Tell us about Shout My Story. How did this get started, and what do you hope to accomplish with this project? Well, Shout My Story um, is started out just seeing the desire to tell positive stories of women who choose life. So instead of the narrative being, I was in a bad situation, I had an abortion, and here are the bad things that happened, because women are post-abortive women are often very grief-stricken. Um, so instead of taking that, we wanted to be, I was in that same situation, but I chose life and here's my story. So the first story we did was about um, a couple whose child was diagnosed with anencephaly when they were pregnant. And anencephaly is an extremely life-limiting condition. Um, usually babies die pretty quick. So we wanted to tackle that one because it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. And while we were making that, we ran across a horrible website called Shout Your Abortion, which celebrates abortion as a positive good. And we wanted to counter that with our positive stories of women who choose life because abortion is not a positive good. It's a tragedy every single time. Yes, it is. So we, we developed Shout, Shout uh, My Story as a project. And instead of just being, oh, let's just tell some stories, it's a project. And that clip that you heard is a young woman named Rachel Mary whose parents were told that she would die in the womb. And if she didn't die, she'd be wow. blind and retarded and deaf. But probably she'd be dead and so would her mom if they didn't abort. 
They were pressured by three doctors to abort, but they're strong evangelical Christians. And they said, no, we will not abort. Our child will know love. Our child will know Jesus. We want yes. this child. They refused to abort. Rachel's now in her 20s, yeah. and she's healthy, and she leads 40 Days for Life in Atlanta. Wow. And you wow. can see her full yeah. story on Shout My Story on YouTube as well. Cynthia, I remember, um, so, I remember sitting at lunch with you when you were telling me about this project. And I remember how excited I got about that and the potential that I saw that could come from this. And so I'm so glad that you listened to the Lord and pursued this. And so where can people see these films? How can they? Okay. You can, you can go to shoutmystory.org, which is our website, or you can go to YouTube and see all of them on our YouTube channel. Just type in shout my story. We also have a partnership with eternal uh, word television network, and they're posting these on their Facebook page and on their Instagram. And hundreds of thousands of people have seen them on Instagram and Facebook. Rachel Mary has had 128,000 views on Facebook and 35,000 views on Instagram. We have another story of a woman named Samantha who chose life after being raped. Over 100,000 people have seen her, her um, wow. story on Instagram. You can see these stories at on YouTube, if you just type in Shout My Story. And what do we want to do with this? We want to tell women, we want to empower women with these stories. You don't have to be afraid and choose abortion because you're in these bad situations. There is help and there is hope. Hey, hey Cynthia, say, Cynthia, real quick before, before you go. Um, whenever I see and hear um, the abortion, anti-abortion questions that are bandied about, I think what most people really don't understand, they see uh, and here, just so many people talking about you shouldn't get an abortion, you should get an abortion. But m- a lot of people don't really understand and know what you guys do post-abortion when people who've actually had abortions and the work that a lot of pro-life groups do. Can you expound on that a little more? Sure. Um, a lot of people do have grief. Sometimes it hits weeks later, sometimes months, sometimes years, sometimes decades. There's a group called Rachel Vineyard that um, is run by a woman named uh, Dr. Teresa Burke and her husband. They do retreats to help women with post-abortion healing. Um, There are uh, a lot of uh, pregnancy resource centers, like the ones that are under a group called CareNet, offer post-abortion healing. If you're a woman who is um, dealing with post-abortion grief, I would recommend Googling Rachel's Vineyard, and they will or Project Rachel, that's another one run by my good friend Vicki Thorne. Project Rachel, just Google them, and they will point you to a group in your area, they're nationwide, that can help you, because you yes. you can't change your past, right. but you but can, you can learn to heal. forgive yourself right. and heal. We're talking to Cynthia Morales of Pro-Life Champions and the, uh, the, the project coordinator for Shout My Story. Cynthia, one of the things I've always admired about you and your commitment to the life issue has been your concern for the issue, uh, the way abortion affects the black community. Uh, you've pointed out many times that abortion affects the black community in numbers far greater than that of the white and Hispanic community. And you also pointed out that there were 25,000 abortions in Cook County alone last wow. year, and most of those were to black babies. With the little time we have left, about 30 seconds, can you tell us how people can get involved in the pro-life movement? And what are some of the things that we could be praying about in supporting you and what you do in the pro-life movement? I, I think if you're a person who, of faith who goes to church, the first thing you need to do is start a pro-life ministry in your church because there are so many post-abortive women sitting in those pews, and pastors don't want to deal with it. They are scared. So they, they need support, and those women need support. So 
start a pro-life ministry, and the greatest way to do that that I know of is to get the 40 film and use it as your springboard. It's not the be-all and end-all. It's just the beginning. It's a resource. The second Absolutely. thing you can do is you can pray in front of abortion clinics. There are people praying in front of these clinics every Saturday. The third thing you can do is get involved with 40 Days for Life, which is a 40-day prayer campaign twice a year, and there's one coming up next month. Absolutely. Next and, month. and where can we reach you to support you? Where can, we, where can they go? To, to reach me, you can go to www.shoutmystory.org, and then there's info All at right. shoutmystory.org. Thank and you. you. can write to me there. You're there you listening to Black and Right, I think 560. We'll be back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony and Charles Love on AM 560. The answer. Wow. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM 560. The answer. I'm John Anthony. Again, Charles Love is not here, but I am pleased to be joined in the studio by a good friend, fellow Cavalier, Cavaliers. Pastor Cesar LaFleur. Cavaliers for life, baby. Yeah, I wonder if Andre's listening. You know, Andre Morgan used to be my coach, my baseball coach. Did he coach, really? Baseball coach yeah. at CVS. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he was a great coach, man. He, yeah. He's, yeah. You know, as far as, I mean, he's very liberal, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But as far as a man, he's he, he's been, he was one of the greatest influences on my life. Wow. Coming through CVS. Yeah. Uh, because that's one thing he believes in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make strong men. Absolutely. And you, especially being that I was a black guy, mm-hmm. like a ye- high yellow, you mm-hmm. know, black guy. Mm-hmm. But he also, he always wanted to make sure that I understood life. Right. You yeah. know. And uh, hey, let me give a shout out to him as well because he's a friend. And uh, one of the things I appreciate about it is not only did he make strong men out of people like you, but what he's done with his sons. Yes. Yeah, his Mario. Sons. Mar- and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Mario. So he's a great guy. Cavalier, man. Cavalier. 75. That's, the legendary class of 1975. You guys, you guys think you're the greatest class. Bernie Mac. I know. Yeah, and all was Keena people. with you guys too? But he was a year after, two years after us. Okay. Keena Turner. I went to grammar school with him. Oh, yeah. gosh. You CBS. guys. You're 75. You said year 75. We're not, I'm 94. Look, fix your so we were, right, and say the legendary <laughs> class of 75. 75, okay. You, get all, <laughs> you know, no, but, uh, you know, uh, as you can, we, we talked about a lot today. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked yeah. about a lot of stuff in Iran, impeachment. Yes. Uh, we talked about pro-life issues. We talked about feminism and all those things like that. Um, uh, one of the things that I, I wanted to do, uh, to, you know, is we, we, we lost a soldier. Yeah, we did. Uh, in Kenya. Yeah. Um, his name was Henry Mayfield Jr. He's from... Um, Hazelcrest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 tough losing uh, uh, anybody, um, any soldier. And uh, when I heard about it, and I, I know some friends who know him like really well, oh, very wow. close. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to let his mom and dad and all his family know, or his family know that we're we're, we're here at Black and Right, are praying for you. Yes, we are. Um, and that um, you are in our prayers. And if there's anything that we can do, just reach out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also, you know, former state senator Kyle McCarter is the ambassador to Kenya. Mm-hmm. So I also wanted to let Kyle know, Ambassador Kyle know that we're also praying for you and your family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, you know, there was a, it was a uh, Islamic militant group yeah. um, that yeah. attacked and killed our soldier. And, you know, our soldiers sacrifice so much. They do. So we honor their sacrifice. But also we have to keep in mind the sacrifice of the families. Yes. Because when a soldier is killed defending the freedom of our nation, uh, those families, they're the first to feel the, the pain of that. And so, yeah, we are praying for them. Our hearts uh, felt condolences go yeah. to them and to our nation as well, because yes. we lost one of our own. Yes, we did. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I'm, I'm so glad that cooler heads prevailed and we're not, st- we had, we didn't start world war three right. Uh, right. with Iran. That's right. Um, yeah. I think, um, <laughs> I think president Trump um, did the right thing. Right. 
mm-hmm. I think he should be applauded for it. Absolutely. Uh, because, I mean, you know how short-tempered he is. Right. And I'm, um, I'm shocked that he didn't. But his restraint through a lot of these things has been great. It really has. You know, when they seized the oil tanker, you know, they it really bombed has. the oil fields and shot down the drone, you know, so his restraint has been there. Yeah. And understanding the lethality of war nowadays, yeah, we don't, we don't want to see a war. Right. Not at all. Because, you know, we don't want to see men and women die. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about next week's show. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have the one, the only Mike Lindell from my pillow here in uh, we're gonna, he's going to call in. Uh, we're going to discuss his book from CEO, yeah. CE, from Crack Addict to CEO. Yeah. Uh, he has an amazing story, man. Dude, when I saw that that was on your notes yeah. coming next week, I yeah. smiled because <laughs> I met him in Washington, D.C. And let me tell you, that is the coolest dude on the planet. In it fact, really is. I tweeted out after I met him, my favorite person, Mike Lindell, oh. and he saw it, you know, and he was really nice. That. His story is amazing. Well. You know what, man? That's that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. That's going to do it for this week's show. What is it over? It's that's the end of the show on Black thought, and Right. I thought we were seven hours. That's two hours, man. Come oh, on. Man. I want to thank my guest co-host Cesar Lafleur. Uh, you can follow him at voiceofthebeloved.org. Voiceofthebeloved.org. Hey, go and um, to Facebook, like Black and Right. Give us a like. Go on to five sixty am dot com and download the podcast. Listen to the show. Listen to the show. Listen to the show. Share it with your friends. You're listening to Black and Right on AM five sixty. Have a great week, everybody. Goodbye.